Hey, welcome to another exciting edition of the Standing for Freedom podcast here on the campus of Liberty University, where we are defending life, liberty, and truth for the next generation. And today, I have a special guest. It's Brooke Rollins. She is the president of the America First Policy Institute. Brooke, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Well, I'm honored to have you. And by the way, a fellow Texan. Yes. Uh, from the great state of Texas. I love it. Yes. Um, you are uh, in Fort, kind of the Fort Worth area. We are in the Fort Worth area. So I grew up, this is the great American story, right? I grew up in a town of 1,200, yeah. uh, single mom. Um, really, I knew I'd go to college, but wasn't 100% sure. I wasn't from a, a family background that, we're well, going to go to college, and then you're going to do this, you're going to do this. I was kind of sort of figuring it out. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so ended up at Texas A&M on an agriculture scholarship. And somehow that led to the University of Texas Law School, and then that led to Rick Perry's uh, staff and his policy director at a very young age, and then that led to a long Um, An amazing and what a blessing uh, now almost two decades fighting for public policy, the right public policy with freedom and liberty. But yep, it all started in Glen Rose, Texas. You know, it's funny. uh, When I was in high school, I sent off for both A&M and Texas and I was hoping for A&M. A lot of my closest friends went to Texas A&M. And I was like, well, whoever comes back first and it actually Texas came back first. I was like, I went That's to Texas. That's really unfortunate, <laughs> but I will forgive you. Yes. And I will tell you. That's hard you, for Nagy. It is hard for Nagy. And I even went to law school at Texas, yeah. but I really, I kind of forget that all the time. I mean, I'm yeah. like, but you know, the SEC is just announced they're adding Texas in. And so right. the Aggies and the hopefully Longhorns we, are going to play again. Hopefully Thanksgiving again. Yes. That'd yes. So it's a, these are important things. It is. Yes. Okay. So the reason they're important. And I think one of the things that we kind of captured at this conference and part of the reason you're here at Liberty is we're, t- we're looking at a culture that is football's not football anymore, right? Um, when you turn on the TV, when you go on social media, uh, when you look everywhere, the left has sort of taken over. And I don't think it's a majority culture no, by a right. long stretch. But they are taking over everything, redefining terms, terminology, what it even means to be an American. Uh, the American flag is oppressive now. It triggers people. I mean, it's just insane where we are. Courage is the defining um, characteristic of this moment. We have to have it as conservatives. What does it mean to you to be, well, to I be think, courageous? Yeah, I think that's so important. And it's interesting. Uh, in a lot of my Bible studies and a lot of my, um, when we're in church on Sunday at Great Church Christ Chapel in Fort Worth, Texas, that I find myself really gravitating towards scripture that talks about courage. And it's really interesting because it's in there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it think I really think back and it takes me back to the three years in the White House fighting for freedom and liberty and life and everything that we know has made this country the greatest country in the history of civilization. Uh, And then you go back even further, the fight for America from almost the beginning, the fight for Texas, for the Texans that are watching, and our fight for independence from Mexico so many years ago. At the heart of everything that is righteous, courage is truly the defining factor. And when you talk about where we are today as a culture, you know, watch the Olympics. I've got four kiddos, um, 11, 13, 14, and 16, and watching the Olympics with them. And it was good, but it wasn't the Olympics of when I was growing up where every athlete was so proud to be there, but almost their defining 
moment was that they were there representing their country and they were so proud of America. Mm -hmm. And we had a few of those in the Olympics that just finished right. a couple days ago. Yeah. But the story, the narrative was really driven by those who were not. And it just breaks my heart. I, I can't imagine a world where, while imperfect, to look at the United States of America, the the epitome of self-governance mm -hmm. and freedom and the ability to achieve anything, yeah. whether you're from a single parent home, from Glen Rose, Texas, from, you know, it doesn't matter in this country. And we've proven it over and over again. It's not just a concept anymore. It's a proven ideal. And then to see the the culture, the left, the mainstream media, the big tech companies, our institutions, our, our public education, mm. to not just not support that, but to purposefully move in the opposite direction. Yeah. We're in a battle for the soul of America right now. We are. You know, you look around Hong Kong, uh, the American flag is a symbol of freedom. Uh, and it's, it's the symbol of resistance against tyranny. Right. Same thing in Cuba, right? right. Uh, they know this is a national symbol. In America, though, within our own borders, um, the, the people on the left want to vilify everything, our national history, our common, uh, uh, common culture, understanding what it is to be free, to be independent, to be self-reliant, and even be personally responsible. Um, and so when you think about what's happening right now, there's an ideological battle. I love how you talk about the Olympics because when I turned it on, you do see this kind of division along the lines of these athletes who are coming in a lot of, most of them amateur, some of them are, are professional, but are you gonna support the flag? Are you not gonna support the flag? I mean, that's a question on everybody's mind. Many people said, I'm not gonna watch it because these people who are clowns are not gonna support our flag and I don't wanna sit through that. There's an ideological purge taking place. That's right. And that purge is affecting, um, you know, you see it on social media, people being canceled, deplatformed, of course right. the president, mm -hmm. but many, many others are being taken off of YouTube, off of Twitter, mm -hmm. off of Facebook. Where does this end up? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because one of our big projects at America First Policy, we took on the lawsuit where President Trump is the lead uh, class representative suing uh, Google, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And it was fascinating when we announced the lawsuit about three or four weeks ago and, and did it you know, in a, in a pretty big and compelling way. We had 150 members of the media there. We were at Bedminster. I think it's probably the first time a former president has ever taken on such a big lawsuit, if a lawsuit at all. Yeah. And and we made the announcement that day, and we probably had 10 Americans, average everyday Americans, a teacher from Michigan, parents from Florida, but standing behind us talking about how they had been censored. They're part of the lawsuit. And as part of the announcement, we said, we're building the class. This is a class action, which mm -hmm. will really drive change versus one-off lawsuits here and there, which are, are important, but this is a, this is a big deal. And within about a week, we had 75,000 Americans who'd gone to our website, who'd shared their stories of censorship, and who said, we, you know, the president said it that day, President Trump, he said, if they can do this to a sitting president of the United States, mm -hmm. then they can do it to anybody. And, and if you disagree with them, they are going to deplatform you, censor you, cancel you. Um, many business owners have been ruined because of it. And the stories are 
unbelievable. It's, you know, a teacher in Michigan who posted an article that asked whether masks were effective or not. Yeah. Um, parents in Florida who had lost their son um, to a really heartbreaking murder um, from an illegal immigrant, and they used the word illegal alien on their Facebook platform. I mean, yeah. it's it's things like that that you, is this America? Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't happen. It's not, shouldn't happen in this country. So the good news is, and I believe there's really good news in all of this, that I think, and the numbers show that 75 to 80 percent of Americans are with us, not yeah. just Republicans, not just libertarians, real Americans who maybe have never voted before. Maybe they voted for a Democrat because they are with us. They they believe critical race theory is going to destroy our country. Yes. They believe defunding the police is about the dumbest thing you could possibly stand for. Mm. They believe that negotiating with terrorists in Iran is going to absolutely destroy our national security. They believe that a healthcare system that is based on socialized medicine where government gets to choose your doctor and your treatment versus you choosing your doctor and your treatment is absolutely wrong. They believe that an education system should be founded upon children and parents choosing the school that's best for them. Yeah. These are all 75, 80% yes. issues. So mm -hmm. the American people are with us. Yeah. And, uh, and now we and your listeners and the students here at Liberty who are really going to be at the forefront of this. Yeah, that's right. The next generation has to take this fight on. I've been at it for a long time. I'll be at it for hopefully a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, but people have to wake up. They have to realize what's at stake and they've got to get in the arena and fight for this country. I agree. And so going back, I'll just you know kind of go back in a time machine about 15, 20 years ago. Conservatives, the Republican Party, it's all about let, let's make sure that we were limited tax, you know, let's have a balanced budget amendment. Let's, you know, it was all these different things. Let's look at uh, international development, uh, trade with China, you know, and this was back in the era of George Bush, yeah, right? Yeah. And, um, and he was my governor and then he was the yeah, president. Mine too, and, yeah. and, and so things have changed dramatically. And what's interesting is in this particular moment, we're not even debating now about taxes. I mean, we're really debating about American freedom. Yeah. And we're having to define that. And when you talk about the polling, and I think this is where um, Republicans have historically failed at reaching out to people. That's it's, right. These messages don't resonate. But what does is we're, when my kid comes home from school and you're in a family where dad is black, mom is white, mm -hmm. and the children are being told that their mom is a racist because of the color of their skin, mm -hmm. that wakes people up. It sure does. That is where people are saying, oh my gosh, we have to stop this like now, and I'm no longer to put my kid in the meat grinder of the public education system. How do we activate, I guess this is the more important question, how do we activate that next generation? How are we going to reach to them? Well, I think your point is so well taken. And I think that what the radical left, driven by Marxist ideology, what they have successfully been able to do is infiltrate all of our institutions. So we have raised an entire generation of kids and taught teachers based on it. Now it's the smoke is gone, the mirrors are gone. Now we know exactly what they're trying to do. They're yeah. trying to implement an ideology that is not based on the content of your character. It's based on the color of your skin. And, and you can take that into almost every policy area that, that there is a small group that knows better and it's good versus evil. 
And it is, it is something that, uh, again, for years, I think this slowly been trickling, 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 and now we are fully, fully understand what's at stake and we fully understand, frankly, who the enemy is. Yeah. And I see God's hand actually all over this and I think it's the righteous battle and, and we're all being armed to do it. But, but to your question, the next generation understanding that democracy and freedom and liberty and life, it is not given to us. And you know, this is something our founding fathers, I mean, Thomas Jefferson walked out of the meeting and said, all right, we've written a democracy, now let's see if we can keep it. Because yeah. every great civilization in the history of our world, whether it's Great Britain or France or Rome or Greece, eventually buckles under the weight of a loss of morals mm. and a government that grows too big. You begin to be able to vote yourself largesse from the public treasury. Yeah. And you sort of see that happening now. And I think why I'm encouraged though, is the last four years and the last administration that I was so honored to be a part of, we stood up against that. And, and it was a very unusual time, right? We, the President Trump was not of the Republican establishment. He didn't owe the lobbyist anything. He only cared about returning power to the people. Mm -hmm. And so at our birthday, America's birthday, we're almost at 250, to have a disruptor come in, right. somewhat unconventional, sometimes made a lot of people uncomfortable, but to have a disruptor come in and be willing to basically say, stop, yeah. this is not okay anymore. We then saw the greatest economy in the history of the world. As a result, yeah. poverty levels at, at, at levels we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. um, 40% of our lowest uh, economic of America, which is most of America, but 40% of those who make the, you know, the lower half of the, on the economic ladder, they increased their net worth almost 50% in the last four years. That's right. These numbers are astonishing. But to your point, mm -hmm. and why I believe that times are changing in a positive way, to date, up until the last four years, we sort of talked to ourselves, right? Yeah. To your point, when Mitt Romney was the nominee, I'll never forget, he had, we're gonna save business. And he had, you know, six or seven business owners behind him who mm -hmm. all looked exactly the same. And there was no opportunity to reach into yeah. the single mom in Detroit and make the case to her mm -hmm. why our ideas and what we're fighting for help her the most. Better job, better healthcare, better education for her children, safer community at night. And now we're doing that. And I think that's the game changer. And I think that's why the next generation arming themselves, educating those around them, understanding what's at stake and then never giving up, whether that's running for an office for school board, running for a bigger office, getting involved at the local level, we can make a difference. And I've seen it happen firsthand hundreds of times. Absolutely. I, I have, we have a lot of supporters here at Liberty University, parents who are really involved, really concerned about the education of their children both K through 12, obviously at the college level. Um, they do not want to send their kids off to Marxist indoctrination camps, right? Right. Um, and they're, we, they're a very vocal bunch. We, we hear from them here at the Freedom Center. We're thankful for them. Um, you, as a mother of four, mm -hmm. how, does your, how does your faith play into education? I know you have uh, done a couple of different, you've done private and you've right. done homeschooling. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Well, I think for our family, faith drives everything. Uh, it's interesting because we are, we do our nightly devotionals, we are very involved in our church, the homeschooling was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also in a secular school and in Texas. And so 
we did that on purpose because we wanted to actually be the driver of the narrative on what it was they were learning and what we believe as a family and what our values are. And now that I have high schoolers and middle schoolers, I've never been more grateful for pouring into that in such a profound and, and hopefully compelling way for my kiddos. Uh, but having said that, you know, the growing up today and with my four kids and, and for those parents that are listening, it's a different time. And I know we say that with every generation, but the, the evil that is out there through electronics and the accessibility of it mm. is just almost overwhelming as a parent on a day-to-day -day basis. But now that I'm sort of kind of looking at the back end and looking back, um, using our church and using our faith as the middle of everything and seeing high school, my high school boys who are making not perfect decisions, but sure. awesome decisions yeah. and understanding right from wrong and standing, being loving and faithful and, and understanding that God calls us to love everyone, but never standing down for our principles and what we believe and what we know is the right thing to do. So it drives everything we've done. It drives my work uh, at the America First Policy Institute drove my work at the White House for a former governor, my last think tank in Texas. It really is, I mean, this is, this is God's work. We are in a mission field every single day in America, um, continuing the fight for his vision of freedom and, uh, and really opportunity for all. Amen, final question. Uh, just kind of a charge, a challenge, if you will. Oftentimes people come to me and say, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Ryan, what can I do? So Brooke, what, what can they do right now to sort of, um, to push back against maybe this cancel culture, this mm -hmm. ideological purge? What can they do to, to advance freedom? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's in education, maybe it's elsewhere. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There are, and by the way, I had great interns from Liberty University yeah, at good. the White House. I think you guys must send quite oh, yeah. a few up there. That's because, on purpose. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Because I was thinking yeah. to myself, one of the great things is uh, making sure that our college-age kids are really edu getting educated right. and understanding, not just in the classroom, but moving that out into the real world. And there are so many great opportunities. Talk about the scourge of, of tech mm -hmm. now, but there actually it also offers an incredible offers an incredible opportunity to get involved. Mm -hmm. And finding organizations, either through Liberty University and the great work you guys do through the America First Policy Institute, the silver lining of the battle that we're in for America is that Things like critical race theory have yeah. woken the country up. And while for years I say, well, you know what, they say, what can I do? I say, well, go to the legislature and talk to your legislator about why we need lower taxes. That's hard to put your arms around, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Go to the legislature, go to your school board, write your letters about critical race theory, and everybody understands that. And they can also see that they can get involved and they can make a difference, and only a handful of people really can change the world. Mm -hmm. And that's the great thing is we're arming um, this next generation. We can arm them with the information, the way to get involved, and the way to really change things. Awesome. Uh, so thank you again. By the way, thank where you. can we find you, Brooke? Oh, uh, just thank to, just, you. Where, can we, where, where would we look at? Uh, AmericaFirstPolicy.com. Yeah. Uh, Twitter handle is at A1Policy. Yeah. And uh, we're on Facebook and we're all across social media, but you can sign up for our emails. Anyone listening that's been canceled or censored mm -hmm. can sign up to potentially be a part of the class for the big lawsuit, yeah. either on our website or takeonbigtech.com. So there are lots of really cool ways to get involved. Great, okay. Brooke Rollins, president of the America First Policy Institute. Thank you for joining the Standing for Freedom podcast. Thank you, that was so Appreciate fun. It. Thank awesome. you.